This is the Manga Mavericks podcast from AllComic.com, episode 14. We are a podcast dedicated to not only talking about manga uh, as a medium, but as an industry. I am Colton. And I'm Sid. And I almost called this podcast the All Manga Podcast, which is not correct. Um, But good thing I stopped myself. So if I didn't say anything, nobody would have known. Why do I do that? The site is all conclusive, Colton. It's all comics. Everyone, all comics from around the world are invited to be loved. To be shared, to be reviewed, to be cherished. To be put in the hands of millions, no, nay, billions around the globe. You know, it, 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 and at the end of the day, it, isn't that what we fight for all, at, at uh, all comic? I'm assuming that is. Yes. Equal rights for all comics everywhere. I like that. I can I can get behind that. Is that too long of a hashtag? Can we make that a hashtag? Equal rights for all comics. That'd be kind of nice. I don't know. I, I don't know if that would go anywhere, but it just sounds nice. Anyway, enough of enough uh, enough small talk. Um, hashtag EFOC. <laughs> um. So Sid, how are you doing? Stressed. Yeah, you were uh, you were telling me that before we started recording. Uh, yeah, got a lot, got a lot of stuff going on in life. I'm assuming. Oh yeah, it's going to be a busy month, but you know, honestly, I'm doing pretty okay today. Well, that's that's good. Um, I'm assuming you're going back to school pretty soon, right? Yeah, in about a month. Hmm. Okay. Uh, my uh, my sister is actually going to be um going to going to college pretty soon too, and we're going to have uh less uh, one less person hanging around the house. Oh. Gonna be kind of lonely. Uh, my sister grew up so fast. <laughs> yeah, my brother's actually going to be starting college this fall too. So now my parents are going to be like all alone in the house. Not that I think that they mind. I'm sure they they don't mind having the house to themselves a little bit. Nah. Um, but uh, anyway, so I think we should just get started on the news because we we have a bit more news than we had to cover last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, we should probably just we should probably just put that out there. Uh, special thanks to Josh Dunham for uh, for coming on the episode when we uh, when we needed a guest. Yes, thank you, sir. It was an incredibly fun conversation. Hope yeah. to see have you on again. Yes, um, definitely keeping Josh in mind for whenever we need a we whenever one of us needs like a backup guest or something, or just if we just want to invite a guest over. Well, that that's true too. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having more guests uh, on the show in the future if they if they're so inclined. Um, but uh, I guess we should start off with the news here. So first things first, a um, bunch of jump starts. Well, I guess one jump start uh, was released pretty recently, with uh, the next two coming in the future at the time of this recording. Um, first one, uh, I think we we mentioned uh, last time on the podcast uh, was the Promised Neverland. Um, that premiered uh, this week in Jump at the time of this recording, and we both read it, right, Sid? Yep. Uh, I don't. What, what, what did you think of it? What, what did you think about the first chapter? I thought it was had a pretty good start. The characters were well-established. They're pretty simple, but they're pretty likable, too. Like, I can get behind these characters, and I can, like... I I sympathize with them. I would like to see them survive. The entire time I was reading the chapter, I was expecting the dark twist, and I was waiting for the dark twist. Still, to the chapter's credit, that when that twist happens, it is pretty horrifying. It is rather shocking. And I think it's... And 
it is a pretty good hook for a story. It, it's, it reminds me uh, very much of H.E. H. E. Wells' The Time Machine and that dystopian future with, uh, you know, human children are, be, are basically cattle for this, like, demonic kind of other world, demonic kind of non-human, like, race and civilization, and are just, like, farm, farmed as, like, for, for their meat. And, uh, it, 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 I mean, it could go either way with this premise. It could go maybe too, like, dark and full of itself and its grimness for its own good, kind of like, um, some other series. But I think that the writing in this chapter was pretty on point in focusing on the char- on the main characters and just their emotions and not on the fact that uh, something dark is happening and this is ooh this is so dark and what and whatnot like it feels like the writing perspective from the writer is focusing more on the, uh, on a character story and not trying to put in something dark and shocking just for the sake of it so I have some good fate for the direction of the story, and I'm pretty interested in seeing it play out. Yeah, I, I I hope this one gets picked up. I I mean with 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 the um with a few you know uh, more well known longer running uh, jump titles ending pretty soon. You know within the year. In in the case of some, um, I'd I'd really like to see this one get picked up for the English jump because I would like to read this weekly. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm taking a wait-and-see approach. I mean, the first chapter hooked me, but I'm not necessarily sold on it yet. I want to see the, how the next few chapters play out. Because when it comes to adding things into the English dump, we do have some series that have been running right for a while now that have been pretty well established that I'd also like to see added in. And I wouldn't necessarily want Promise Everland to take precedence over those series. But definitely, this is a series I have my eye on, and I'm very interested in following it going forward. I think I had I have the same opinions as you do, where, um, where I was expecting some sort of dark twist, and even though, even though we got that dark twist uh, near the end, uh, it still it still had me surprised and pretty uh pretty disturbed. Um, am I am I the only one where like while I was reading the chapter? I felt like there were one or two times in the chapter where I felt like, oh, the dark twist is coming, and then it turns out, oh, no, that's just normal. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think the chapter maybe teases, oh, is this the moment? Oh, is this the moment? Just to keep the audience, you know, a little bit on the edge of their seat while reading the chapter. Like, they never know when to expect it, but so when it happens, it, it does come as a surprise, as it should. Yeah, so... I I thought it was a good read. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And that's not really something I could say with every jump start. You know, most jump starts, I'm I'm either pretty lukewarm on, or I'm like, I don't really need to read any more of this. Well, as far as jump starts we've had this year go, I enjoyed Kimetsu no Yaiba. Um, oh, yeah, I did too. Yes, I was. But yeah, Taku Wanabatsu, I was lukewarm. About yeah. wasn't really into that, and I can't even remember if there was any other jump starts this year besides those two. Were I, there? I honestly I can't either because I don't I don't think they've been coming out with as many jump starts this year. Yeah, but anyway, so 
I I think I I think I give so far I give the Promise Neverland uh, a solid thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see where it goes. Definitely. Um, as for the other two coming up pretty soon, we talked about them on the last episode. Um, but I think the next one coming up at the time of this recording would be uh uh let's see uh Ryohei Yamamoto's Love Rush, which personally as we talked about on the last episode, is basically the same person behind uh, such lovable jump title, E-Robot. Yeah. Uh, so, and when, I, <laughs> when, when I say lovable, I mean, I mean, I don't know, like, I didn't like, I didn't hate it, but I, I definitely had enough of it after its initial three preview chapters, and I was like, yeah, it's not bad, but again, I, I don't feel like I really need to read anymore. Its infamy lives on. Of, I mean, its reputation lives on in like the Shonen Jump podcast and <laughs> Weekly Manga Recap. Like they mention it every now and again, just because of how bizarrely over the top it was with its fan service. It's. I think it was one of those so bad. It, it's memorable things, but I'm surprised that they picked this up. I mean, E Robot didn't have a good reception. But maybe that, I guess, I mean, they probably just want more content. I mean, there are, two series are ending this month. Two of their regular, like, series. So, they probably just aren't being too picky in terms of getting more new content just to satisfy readers while they figure out a way to stabilize the Mm -hmm. lineup. No, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, and who knows? It, might not be bad. Like it could be. It could be like a in a harmless, harmless sort of enjoyable romantic comedy whatever thing. Who knows? Like it could have. It could. It's you can't totally write it off without having read it. Admittedly, no. Yeah, that that's totally fair. Hey, you never know. Maybe maybe this will be the rom com that replaces Nisekoi. You never know. Mm, I think, I don't, in terms of success, I think Yuna kind of is already on that track, though. So that's an, another fa- factor in this is that I don't know if Love Rush is going to really be filling a different niche as Yuna of your Rocky Manor. Because if they're both fan service heavy, like romantic comedy things, I don't know if Jump really needs two of those or if readers want two of those and will read two of those. So I guess that's the only thing. So, I mean, I guess I hope, what I'm saying is I hope for Love Rush to say it does have something else to set it apart other than relying on a fan service stick. Mm, that's, yeah, I can see that, but I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll probably talk about the first chapter of that on the next episode of the podcast. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, last but not least, we have, uh, Red Sprite from author Tomohiro Yagi. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, which I think we discussed last week, or last episode, that uh, he or she was the author of a series known as Iron Knight, which I've never read myself, but I'm assuming it didn't last too long. No, it only lasted around three volumes worth of chapters. I guess that's not terrible. But I don't know, from from the little, like, from the little uh, teaser art we've gotten, I don't know, it looks like it's gonna be about a small kid in a Red cap and red coat. I don't know what the premise of this. I'm sure it was explained, uh, like it's been mentioned before. I but I don't remember what the premise of 
Red Sprite is. I, um, I don't know either. Can't really get anything off of the concept art right now. Uh, well, I guess uh, I, I don't really have anything to say other than I think that I've heard that Iron Knight, even though it had a short-lived run, was pretty decent. Like, it had a lot of potential or in that showed through its run. Hmm. So I'm hoping that uh, whatever Yagi learned from experience with his previous serialization, he'll apply it here and and show up some, um, what how he's refined um, his writing, mm-hmm. and create a pretty you know entertaining work. It seems that it's going to be like a milit, kind of focus on some military style thing, just based on the uniform. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. So, Jump doesn't really have, like, a military-esque manga. No, I mean, I guess there's Seraph, but that's not Weekly Jump. I think that's... that's, I think that's... That's Square. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Weekly Jump doesn't have a military-esque kind of thing. So, I mean, we'll see how this turns out. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, it's not not really too much to go off on right now, like you said. But again, uh, we'll probably also talk about that when that premieres. But uh, anyway, so um, with our discussion of uh, jump starts out of the way, I guess we should uh, go on to our usual uh, rundown of the New York Times bestselling manga list. This time for the week of July twenty fourth through the thirtieth. Here we go. Uh, rank number one. Here uh, we got Tokyo Ghoul Volume One. Previous rank number three, uh, it's been on the list now for 56 weeks. I'm kind of surprised to see it, like, jump all the way back up at the top. It's probably just a slow week in terms of new releases. Probably, that's that's probably true. Um, One Punch Man Volume 1 here, uh, ranking number two, uh, with its previous rank at uh, number one, um, which... I do want to mention that uh, the New York Times list uh, before this and the one before that, One Punch Man had been number one on the list uh, two weeks in a row, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, the anime is doing very well on Tanami. I think that's increased its visibility to uh, casual audiences. So a bunch of people are going out to the bookstores. They see One Punch Man volumes and, oh, I saw that on TV and they pick that up and now they're reading it. So, I think definitely the Tanami run is really uh, influencing One Punch Man's uh, continued excellence here in the list. I I forget if we discussed this last episode, but I I definitely want to see how JoJo's does on here when that eventually comes to Tanami this October. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, And then at uh, number three on the list, we have Haikyuu Volume 1, previous ranked uh, number five on the list, and has now been on the list for four weeks. So I'm I'm glad to see that Haikyuu's doing pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a good sign for the state of uh, the market for sports manga titles getting released over here. So hopefully Kuroko, when that gets released, I believe... If it hasn't already released this week, it's releasing next week. I hope that also performs pretty well too. I think I think it has been released already, but yeah, I have, it'll it'll probably be hopefully it'll be on the next list, if not the list afterwards. Yeah, so hopefully we see it do pretty well as well. And then we have a few new entries on the list right afterwards as well, with um, Akamiga Kill Volume Seven ranking number four. Uh, this being its first week on the list. And then we have uh, Prison School Volume 4, ranking number 5. Again, also its first week on the list. 
uh, My Hero Academia Volume 4, ranking number 6, um, but this altogether being its fifth week on the list uh, collectively. And then we have Tokyo Ghoul number 2, ranking at number 7. This being its uh, collectively its uh, 34th week on the list. Um, and then we have a few returning uh, people, people uh, titles on the list. Uh, Fairy Tale Zero, uh, ranking number 8 on the list, with its previous rank at number 10. Uh, its second week on the list. Uh, and then we have uh, the Monster Musume uh, anthology. I love Monster Girls Volume Two, ranking number nine with its previous rank of eight. Uh, this being its second week on the list. And last but not least, uh, Tokyo Ghoul Volume Seven, ranking number ten, previous rank being number four with its sixth week on the list. And that's it for the list. But I don't know. Do you do you have any thoughts on this list at all, or you think it's pretty uh, pretty typical? Yeah, Tokyo Ghoul is continuing its dominance. Like, it has the most volumes on this list. Uh, I mean, Akamega Kill and Prison School are regularly popular series. This was probably also a week where they didn't have too much competition from other new releases. Yeah. But this was a good week for Yen Press because of that, I think. And then, seeing, uh, just a My Hero Academia volume sell well, despite it, despite it not being a new volume release, is just another good sign that it's a pretty stable seller. I wouldn't be too surprised if, um, if the newly released volume five ended up on the next list. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to, I think. And that's about what I have to say for that. It's a, it's, I think it was not a eventful week. And it kind of showed in how a bunch of the strong, the consistently strong sellers have just continued to be consistently selling strong. And then some new releases have also been able to slip in thanks to a lack of competition of, let's say, bigger titles, I guess. Mm, yeah. Again, it's, it is, it is a pretty typical list, but I, I still agree with everything you just said. But uh, anyway, I think we should move on to uh, to another list we should probably talk about. Yes, and this is very interesting. Recently, ICV2 released a list of the top 10 manga franchises as of spring 2016 in the United States. The data for this list reflects sales in all channels, which means both stores and online, and is also based on interviews with stores and distributors and manufacturers themselves. ICV2, for those who uh, may not remember, also releases the Nielsen Bookscan Top 20 Graphic Novel lists each month, which we've run down before. Let's run down the list here. Uh, I'll just do it from 1 to 10. Uh, coming in at number 1 is Naruto. Whoa, what? Didn't see that coming. Yes, Naruto. If you're cur- if you think that Naruto's popularity has dissipated at any to any extent after its conclusion, like nearly two years ago now, it hasn't. It's uh, still as popular and still as strong a seller as ever. Uh, it's pro- it's a it's a mainstay. It's a household name, and it's probably going to continue to be a franchise that will continue to be profitable and successful for a good number of years to come. Yeah, but b- Boruto's going to make sure of that. Yeah, I mean, Boruto was made to ensure that. Yes. But the most surprising entry, well, maybe not the most surprising, but 
probably the most surprising placement is that number two is Tokyo Ghoul. Yeah, I mean, with with all the um, with how well Tokyo Ghoul does on the New York Times list, I I would have just assumed that it would have just overtaken everything. Well, I'm surprised that it's number two because it just feels like such a recent title. I mean, it, compared to other long-running successful series, as we'll get to by the end of this list, Tokyo Ghoul is pretty recent in the grand, in like the grand uh, scheme of like manga releases for the pa- for in recent history. Like it, the manga only was started being released like last year in the U.S. I think. Oh wow, huh? Maybe two years ago, but it's very re- it's still a pretty recent title. Oh yeah. So I it's I but we've been seeing on the New York Times list that volumes of Tokyo Ghoul dominate. They're exceptionally strong sellers. It's a big title for Viz. So in that respect, I'm not surprised that it's incredibly successful. It's one of the top ten manga franchises. But that it's bigger than some of the other things on this list is very surprising to me. If for example, at number three we have Attack on Titan. Yeah, that that one's pretty big too. Yeah, so I mean, comparatively, this means that this this list would indicate that Tokyo Ghoul's fan base has become larger than Attack on Titan's, or at least become a more profitable title, at least right now where the manga market stands, and that has been reflected in the list. Like Attack on Titan does not dominate as it used to. In fact, Tokyo Ghoul has kind of usurped it from its throne in terms of being a, a mainstay, something you can, you can expect on the list every week now. Yeah, Tokyo Ghoul is essentially the new hotness. Exactly. But I think that number four, One Punch Man, is catching up too. Yes, that, that is a very deserved spot on the list. Mm-hmm. And, but One Punch Man about covers it for really recent stuff, because after that we get some evergreen titles that I think you'd expect. Number five is One Piece. Which goes to show for all the people who say, oh, One Piece isn't successful in North America. Uh, One Piece is pretty successful relatively compared to other series, other manga series in North America. It's still a strong seller for Liz. It's, if you look at this list, it's still like the fourth, like, highest selling title Wiz has right now. So it's pretty, it's still pretty big in America. It's not nearly at the status that, you know, Naruto is. It's not ever going to be like at the status Dragon Ball is. I'm, nothing is going to be as big as Dragon Ball in the States, I think. But I mean, it's still pretty successful. And I think that all the doomsayers in One Piece can, should finally like put those fears to rest. Yeah, as someone who's been pretty much been a fan of One Piece for, oh god, 10 years. Oh no, where has my life gone? Um, I, I could definitely say that uh, One Piece is definitely doing a lot better than it used to, both on the anime and manga side. Yeah, I mean, there's also just so many more platforms for people to access One Piece both as mo- in manga and anime form. Like, it's in on pretty much every major anime streaming service and the manga is pretty easily successful accessible in any books in any bookstore that sells manga that you'll go to except the anime is not on uh, netflix yet and that makes me very sad it's not on netflix no that's true but then again neither is dragon ball 
So that's, that's I think true. that I think there might be some thing between Funimation, Toei, and Netflix that's preventing that. Something. I hope they get that fixed soon because they got Naruto on Netflix. Yeah. We need more anime on Netflix. Is what I'm trying to say. Netflix used to have a big anime selection, but then they trimmed it all down, and then it's slowly been growing again. But there was a time where they only had like. 20 titles on there like a couple years ago like they really shrank it down from it was used to be like everything Funimation had and a bunch of stuff Bliss had and a bunch of stuff other other licensors had was on there and they took pretty much all of it but the really big stuff out and now they're finally adding in some more stuff in and they have their like Netflix exclusive stuff but yeah selection could be a lot better yeah, Hulu looks like it's doing kind of the same thing. Looks like it's purging a lot of its tiles from its catalog, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Well, this is why if you really want to uh, make sure you can always watch a tile, you should probably invest in the whole video release at some point. Yeah, that's true. Digital doesn't last forever. But to continue on with the bottom half of this list, we also uh, let's we have some other uh, fairly expected titles. We have Fairy Tale at number six, we have Dragon Ball at number seven, Black Butler at number eight, and Death Note at number nine. Yeah, I'm. I feel like I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm also surprised at the same time at how well Death Note still does. Now, Death Note is one of those series that has such broad appeal and is something that people just keep discovering and just keep getting into. It's like kind of a perfect storm in terms of concept, tone, execution, and also just in terms of length too. It's one of the it's one of the shorter, really big mainstream titles out there. Yep. So I mean it's just a kind of like a it's lightning in a bottle for, like, a really successful, unique mainstream manga title. And then at number 10, we have the various Sword Art Online manga, which are just all compiled together is one thing. Oh, there you go, Sword Art Online. Yeah, that's popular in North America. Not a, Maybe not as much as in Japan, but, yeah, very popular. Hey, it's popular enough to get its own live-action TV series, I hear, apparently. Yeah, well, we'll see if that actually gets made. I mean, we're still waiting on Del Toro to make that monster live-action series for HBO. That hasn't happened yet. Well, to to be fair, he's he's doing his best to work on that, but I think he's having trouble trying to get any kind of support from anyone. Yeah, I mean, HBO did pass on it, so now he's passing on to other networks, and he also ha- he's also working on like Pacific Rim two and other projects and whatever. So yeah, but it's probably never going to happen. But we can dream. Well, you know what? As long as we get Pacific Rim two, I'm happy. Yeah, that should be a good time. I love Pacific Rim. Uh, so anyway, we do have some uh, new manga licenses we should probably talk about real quick. Uh, just announced today, at the time of this recording, um, Seven Seas Entertainment has licensed the rights to The High School Life of a Fudanchi, which uh, Seven Seas uh, gives us the synopsis of the title, uh, as I will read right now. Uh, Ryu Sakaguchi has a deep, dark secret. He's a Fudanchi, a boy obsessed with uh, BL and or uh, boys love comics. 
While he has trouble understanding how others don't find the same bliss he does from his usual hobbies, that doesn't make it any easier for Ryo to buy his precious manga from the girls' section of the store, or any simpler explaining the world of boys' love, shipping wars, and doujinshi circles to his best friend Nakamura. Will Ryo find other fanboys to share his hobby with, or is he doomed to sit alone on his throne of BL romance? I don't know if you are, Sid, but uh, I am... Well, I guess I should say I was watching the anime for this on Crunchyroll. It's it's a, it's one of those shorter series. It's like I don't think it's any longer than like five minutes per episode or something. And uh, you know, in theory, I really thought I don't know. I I thought this concept sounded like it could be funny and it could work, but uh, I don't know. I watched uh, the first four episodes as they were airing, and uh, personally, I didn't find it very funny. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm just not, I don't know if I just don't know much about, like, boys love and Fujoshi culture at all, and maybe I'm not the audience for it. I don't know. I just didn't really find it all that funny. But, you know, again, comedy subjective. So, you know, just because I don't find it funny doesn't mean no one else is going to. But I mean, if if you're a fan of the anime, um, there you go. You can buy the manga for this as well. It looks like the first volume is scheduled for a release on May 30th, 2017. So, uh, you want to go buy that, uh, mark calendars? Well, I mean, I was interested in the premise, uh, when the season started, but I never ended up watching this, so I don't have really too much of an opinion about it. But it's still nice to see more, it just, it's nice to see series like this getting licensed. This is like a, I think, a webcomic kind of thing. Oh, is so it? It's like, yeah, it was, it was launched on a website. Hmm. That's interesting. So, a manga website. So, it's nice to see some web com- some more web comics being published in the and printed in the US. See that that's funny cuz um this, I'm, this doesn't really have much to do with anything, but uh there was an anime I think. No, I think it aired this year back during the winter season. I don't know if you watched Sid called uh Oji-san and Marshmallow, mm-hmm. which was which was basically about this guy who works at a uh I, I guess at an IT facility or something. He he was some kind of computer guy. He's just this older, balding, middle-aged man who looks a lot like Paul Blart. So everybody on like any Twitter referred to it as Paul Blart the anime, um, which is pretty great. And uh, he just likes marshmallows. Actually, he loves marshmallows. And that and, that, and that's, that's that's basically the premise. Oh, and also well, the, like the his premise is most is more about like. The girl who's trying to, you know, get with him. Like, each episode is about the girl trying to attract uh, Oji-san, like, using marshmallows as a lure and kind of get, in, get into a relationship with her. What makes it funny is that she's very blunt about, like, that she wants to be in a relationship with him and he wants she wants to, like, do dirty stuff with him. Yeah, she, she wants relations. Yeah, so that's what that's what made it funny. But I, I brought that up because that was also a webcomic that ended up uh, getting an anime. So I, I, I like I like this trend of like where, where we get shorter anime series based on webcomics. I hope that continues. I just like shorter series and shorter length series in general. I think shorts are really growing in terms of a market in terms of like the diversity. So yes. I'm definitely interested in seeing the market for short form anime continue to grow no no i i totally agree um but anyway um we got some yen press licenses you want to talk about those real quick 
Yeah, Yen Press licensed two series that they plan to release next February. The first of them uh, is called Spirits and Cat Ears. Oh boy. Which is about a shy girl with cat ears who's, because she's embarrassed about the fact she has cat ears, she retreated from the world and became the Miko of an infirmary and is now an exorcist. Hmm, okay. Sounds like it could be cute. Yeah. I mean, based on the art, I think it's a very soft series. Probably more about the relationships between her and the people around her than, like, fighting evil spirits or whatever. Yeah. Although it could be something more like Rasetsu, which was both, and it was pretty good. But I don't, I don't know. It's, it seems pretty cute. Uh, the, co- the first volume cover is kind of questionable because it shows her in a collar with a chain. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh no, some man. So, oh boy, uh, there, there goes our that. That's going to be cosplayed at cons, I'm sure. Yeah, so I'm not. I, I mean, I haven't read it, so I don't know. But cover kind of leaves me a little wary of it. But you know, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. We'll it's, see. Yeah, it's one of those things that makes you go, "What? Uh oh." Yeah. The next one seems uh, doesn't seem as uh, iffy, though. The other series that Yenpress licensed is A Kiss and White Lily for Her, which is a Yuri series, I think, about two girls uh, who started school together. Uh, one of them is a really hardworking student with excellent grades, but she encounters and becomes friends with this lazy but also kind of a genius girl. And then the, the story is about them, you know, just going through high school together. And I, I assume that eventually a romance starts brewing between them. The, the front cover of this looks really cute and I kind of want to read it. Yeah, I like the character designs a lot. Well, it is also too. a pretty nice cover. So yeah, this one seems like a good title for Yuri fans. Yen Press continues to deliver on solid Yuri titles. There you go. I need to try a good Yuri title at some point, because I've never read a title like that before, and, I, and I'd, I'd like to try it at some point. Yeah, I got Whispered Words, the first volume of Whispered Words, like a couple months ago, but I still haven't gotten around to reading that. I got it because I heard it was pretty good. You, you should you should let me know how that is. Yeah. <laughs> If I ever get it after reading it in the near future. And trust me, I know that feeling where I I still have a ton of manga on my shelf that I have not read yet. It, <sighs> it's the worst feeling. It's like, why do I buy all these books? They're just they're just taking up shelf space. Now, oops, uh, now I don't have any more shelf space. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have pretty much run out of shelf space for my manga, though. I have to get a new shelf now. I'm probably just going to start putting them in boxes. I can't, I, I don't know. I don't think I have enough room. I don't think I have any room in my room for another shelf. Um, but anyway, so, uh, we got another, um, got another release coming up here that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, so it looks like it's been confirmed that, uh, that Viz is going to be putting out a collective graphic novel of, uh, of the Super Mario Adventures manga that I believe used to run in Nintendo Power. Yes. Um, along with uh, Shotaro Ishinomori's uh, The Legend of Zelda a Link to the Past manga adaptation as well, which I believe that has a release at this point too. So I've never read any of those uh, Nintendo manga adaptations, 
But I, 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 I did have an interest in reading this one because I, I do like Mario a lot. Yeah, I never had a subscription to Nintendo Power, so I was never able to read this. So I'm definitely glad I have a chance now because, you know, his reputation has been very good. Like, people still love it and still, like, praise it very highly to this day. So I've always been curious about it. But, of course, you know, without any Nintendo Power issues, you're not able to read it because it's not available outside of that until now. So that's good. Yep. It uh, looks like it's uh, going to be uh, retailing for fourteen ninety nine. And is slated for a uh, release on October 12th, 2016. So that's coming up pretty soon. Nice. Um, I think the the one thing I know about this particular uh, particular comic is that I, I, I hear that Peach is the best, which is pretty great. Yeah, strips of her, you know... Showing kind of being a badass and kind of and kind of you know taking charge against Bowser and whatever, you know they, those have been circulating around for a long time now and like it looks pretty it looks like a pretty cool characterization of Peach. You kind of wish you'd see her like that in other versions of the Mar- uh, of the in in the Mario you you know franchise, but yeah, so that's another you know reason that I'd really like to check this out. Because it seems the characterizations for basically all the characters seem really fun and mm-hmm. interesting. And then uh, what's our what's our last uh, license coming up here, Sid? Well, this is more of a re-release than a license. Yes, that's true. But yeah, Kadansha is releasing a deluxe edition of Ghost in the Shell, uh, the Ghost in the Shell manga, and all all three uh, manga versions: Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell one point five, and Ghost in the Shell two. They're going to release it in 2017 to coincide with the Ghost in Shell film coming out on March 31st, 2017. And uh, this is notable because this is the first time ever that the English release is going to be able to be read in the proper right-to-left reading format, completely uncut with the original sound effects, which is about darn time. I really wish they had released Lone Wolf and Cub and Seven Your Executioner. In the proper, in their proper format, too. But hey, hey, there, there's, there's that uh, Lone Wolf and Cub movie probably coming out, so there might be still time. Yeah, they may tie in another re-release of Lone Wolf and Cub in the proper right-to-left format to promote that. But then I'd have to double dip again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, so this deluxe edition, I think. The plan with this is that it's going to be all three volumes of the Ghost and Shell manga in one. Oh, wow. And it'll probably just be in really high-quality paper, you know, glossy cover, hardcover cover, maybe. And, you know, and as I said before, it'll be right-to-left format with original sound effects. So it's something to look forward to if you like the Ghost and Shell manga. Uh, the anime versions of Ghost and Shell have always been better than the manga, but I I like the first volume of it at least. I mean, it's there. It's not as good as the movie that adapts it, but it's still pr- it's still it's still pretty entertaining. It's all right. Some things are less confusing in the manga than they are in the movie. I've only ever watched, I think, the first Ghost in the Shell movie, and then the second one, which I didn't think was as good. I I I tried um. Uh, what is it? Ghost in the Shell. Uh, uh, what's the name of the standalone t- complex? Standalone complex. Yeah. Um, I remember trying a few episodes of that, and 
it just wasn't really my thing. But so I, I like overall Ghost in the Shell. I think is kind of lost on me, honestly. But I'm, I'm I'm glad this is getting a re-release. It's it's a good thing. Yeah, this is an important. I mean, it's an important manga, like historically at least. Yeah, yeah. In terms of its influence too. So it's good that it's you know going to get into more hands. Or at least get, you know, finally get the release it deserves. Yeah, yeah. So, there we go. There you go. Um, but here, what's our next news piece here, Sid? A certain series is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. Which series do you think it is? Uh, is it, is it, I don't have a joke answer. Uh, what is it? Obviously, it's the melancholy of Harvey, Susan, Mia. Why do you think Funimation is releasing the series in deluxe Blu-ray editions, Colton? Is Haruhi 10 years old? Yeah, it's 10 years old. Oh my god, that's that's depressing. I feel time creeping <laughs> up on me. <laughs> yeah, but don't feel too bad about the fact that you feel so old. Because, you know, it's been 10 years since Harley was relevant <laughs> <laughs> but no, the Harley was actually not the series I was talking about. Uh, the uh, another series is celebrating its tenth anniversary this year. It's clearly a favorite of mine. A fairy tale is is it a favorite, Sid? No, it's not a favorite <laughs> of mine. I don't. I've, I've mentioned before that I'm not a big fan of fairy. Don't tale, you review fairy tale for the site? I do. I, I'm not. I I've read because I was I went there was a time where I did like Fairy Tale. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's like it's like Bleach and Naruto. Eventually, I just it just really got um you know it got it, it really like broke kind of my investment <laughs> and I started resenting it and not liking it and there are things that really make me mad about it. Yeah, I I stopped reading fairy tale around the time the time skip happened. The useless time skip that happened. Yeah, well not not that it's not, not I, I there's a lot I don't like about fairy tale, but it's not that it's all bad. Even in my reviews I make it a point to be pretty just pretty straightforward and praise things that are genuinely really good as well as but and highlight the stuff that is not very good but i go from i still approach the series from an unbiased perspective when i review it like overall i'm not a fond of the series but that doesn't mean that every chapter and every moment of the series is necessarily bad mm-hmm. it's fair long-running children action series in general are full of ups and downs yeah some have more downs than others but that uh, like to get back to the point, this, since this year is Fairy Tales' tenth anniversary, Yeesh. it'll be having an art exhibit to celebrate it, and the exhibit will run for nine days from September seventeenth to twenty fifth at Tokyo Skytree Town, featuring art from the manga's first chapter all the way up to the latest chapter. I think chapter five hundred will be out by this uh, time. By the time this exhibit goes up, so basically five hundred. Work, 500 chapters worth of art will be available at this exhibit. Oh, wow. It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. The exhibit will also feature life-size uh, figures of Natsu, Lucy, and Happy, as well as exclusive merchandise and reproductions of the manga, art, manga artwork. Wow, wow. Probably pivotal scenes from the series. It, it is pretty cool that there will at least be, ex- be an exhibit to to, uh, I guess, exhibit to be redundant, uh, Hiramashima's artwork, because 
you know, as much as I don't really care about fairy tale, I still, I still enjoy uh, Hiromashima's art at the very least, and and I and I can respect how much work he really puts into drawing his stuff. Like the like the dude is a literal machine. I I don't I don't know how he puts out so much content at one time. Sometimes. Yeah, he's. I wish Mashima was as strong a writer as he was an artist because he would be like a superstar. Like he would be like probably the king of shonen manga artists, like modern shonen manga artists, if he could write something like that. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I mean, if he could write something that would rival One Piece in terms of quality, that would be. Pretty. That would probably be a pretty amazing read. See, I I still say that he can be a good writer because I don't know. I I feel I feel like Rave Master. Um, though I don't know if you would really consider it, you know, a masterpiece per se. I still thought it was. I still for, thought for a for for an adventure shonen manga. I thought it was pretty solid, and I enjoyed it all the way through. And I certainly personally, I enjoy it a lot more than Fairy Tale overall. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read Rave Master fully. I read Fairy Tale though, and I had, there are like significant pro- recurring problems with Fairy Tale. Oh, of course, of course, it's writing that just keep popping up again and again. Mm-hmm. But like, he's just such a you know fast and like precise artist. Like he can produce a lot of content like insanely quickly. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. I, I just kind of wish that, you know, his writing was on, on par with his artistic ability. I mean, that's just my opinion. I know that, you know, I, I'm not to disparage any fans of the series. No, no. I mean, again, as much as I don't care about fairy tale or whatever my opinions of it may be, I still have a lot of respect for, I still have a lot of respect for Mashima as an artist and just how much he can put out at one time when he when he wants to and when he's able to. Oh, yeah. I'll always respect that about it. But uh, anyway, on to our next uh, news story. So this is a cool thing that, uh, again, at the time of this recording, was just reported on today. Um, So in the double issue, uh, issues, I guess, 36 slash 37 of Weekly Shonen Jump, which I guess at the time of this, uh, at the release of this episode, would be this week's Shonen Jump, uh, announced uh, that... Uh, Shueisha pretty much has released a a new um, iOS and Android app called the My Jump app, which uh, by the time this episode comes out will have probably have launched already. But uh, the app in question uh, will apparently let readers be the quote unquote editor in chief by uh, by choosing which manga they want to read on the app. So that's pretty neat. Um, and uh, apparently the app is going to have two different modes, uh, one being the weekly My Jump mode and the uh, My Jump Best mode. Um, the weekly My Jump mode being the mode where uh, subscribers can or users can subscribe to weekly chapters of several different manga of their choosing. And then the My Jump Best mode is is something in which users can collect various famous manga scenes, which... I'm not. Sh- I'm assuming probably either means oh they can like save different like manga pages or manga panels or whatnot. It's not very specific uh, in terms of what it means there. But uh, Shonen Jump didn't uh, didn't reveal the price of the service, but apparently the first month of the service for will be free for all users. So that's pretty neat. Um, 
something I'm not clear about when it comes to this app, though, because um, because apparently uh, Shonda Jump hasn't revealed which titles would be available on the app. Um, but apparently teaser images included characters and panels from a bunch of different series, not just a lot of like current stuff, but a lot of past series. Um, just to go down the list here real quick, uh, they included characters and panels from Dragon Ball, One Piece, Naruto, Hunter Hunter, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Roroni Kenshin, Death Note, Gintama, Kochikame, Kanikuman, Video Girl Eye, Captain Tsubasa, uh, Majin Tante Nogami Nero, um, Prince of Tennis, Shaman King, Nora Rise of the Yokai Clan, Reborn, uh, Midori no Makibao, uh, and, uh, and Ninku. So, at first, I was under the impression that maybe, like, like maybe this app would allow you to read Shonen Jump, but, like, be able to customize which titles you can read with every issue, or... Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I guess what I'm confused about is that, like, you know, if we're to believe the, I guess, the, um, I guess the teaser image for, uh, for the, uh, for the app with it including characters and panels from, you know, all these different series, are people just going to be able to, like, subscribe to past older Jump series that have already run in Jump and just read weekly chapters of already, uh, of already concluded series through the app? I'm not sure if there's really a point to that. I think basically the idea is that you're, so that uh, users are going to be able to subscribe to get new get weekly chapters of all the series they have in the catalog whether that be uh new chapters of stuff currently being serialized in Shonen Jump as well as you know catalog titles that have already completed their runs like new ch- a new chapter will be available each week and users can subscribe to uh that whichever series they want for whatever fee uh, whether it be like a group fee or individual fee, and then they'll get a new chapter of that series every week. Mm-hmm. So basic, basically, I think one of the more interesting aspects of this model is you don't have to subscribe to the entire Shonen Jump, but you just to sub- specific series in Shonen Jump, and you can just read those every week. And that's actually been something that I've seen a lot of people kind of want over here for the English jump for a while now. They just want to subscribe to the series they want to read and not do an entire magazine. No, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see uh, Viz kind of adopt something like this for the uh, English market. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see something like this, but hmm, I I don't know. Because, um, I mean, the thing is with me, uh, around the time uh, I, when I didn't used to have a subscription to Viz's Weekly Shonen Jump, I mean, I, I knew, excuse me, I ha- I knew ahead of time that, you know, if I subscribed to Viz's Shonen Jump, I would literally only read One Piece and One Punch Man and that's it. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is just me, but I personally made an effort to try to catch up on you know, whatever uh, weekly serials that I knew I wanted to read and I knew I wanted to catch up on before I before I subscribed to the magazine because I didn't I didn't personally want to be one of those people who you know pays twenty five dollars a month or a month um, a year for the service only to read like one or two series that I actually care about. 
Um, cause I, 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 I consistently see complaints from people about like, about like how, about how much, you know, uh, the magazine has that they just, uh, that, uh, readers just don't care about. And sometimes I'm left wondering, well, is that, is that really on Viz or is that on the user? And I, I constantly question that quite a lot. And I'm, I'm really not sure where the answer lies there. Well, there are people. I've seen who really do only read certain series that are being run in the English jump and are not reading others. And those people would like to probably have a mo- have an option where they can just read the series they want to read. And they don't necessarily need access to these other series because they're not reading them anyway. And they don't have any interest in reading them. So if they can get something like that for, you know, a reduced price than the, like, current Shonen Jump subscription model, and that might be more convenient for them. Hmm. So there, I think there is somewhat of a market for that. And especially if they add older catalog titles into the mix, I think that there could be some demand for that too, like getting... A new chapter, like, it's kind of how, like, that Naruto app works. Like, you're getting a new chapter every day or, or whatever. Yeah. So this would kind of be kind of similar. You're getting, like, a new chapter, like, every week of a certain series that you're subscribed to. See, what I would like personally would be, I I hope how it works is maybe you, you know, you're subscribed to this app or whatnot, and you get the newest issue of Weekly Shonen Jump every week, obviously. Um, and you know, if let, let's, let's say you have to fill a certain number of slots. Um, I don't know off the top of my head how many series Weekly Jump has. I know they have over 20 titles usually on average. I want to say they have about 22 weekly titles running right now. So let's say, let's say like in theory you have 22 slots and say you want to take out like, I don't know, uh, maybe, maybe five of those series that you know you're not gonna read. And then, yeah, like, uh, maybe put in, uh, put in a series from their catalog that they make available and replace those series with, with some catalog titles. I could, I could see, I could see this app maybe working like that, possibly. Um, I think that'd be kind of neat. I think that's what they might be going for. And I think that's something that would be worth trying. For sure. Yeah, that would be nice. Like, say, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe you don't want to read, uh, maybe, maybe you don't want to read Kochikame or something. Uh, I don't know. If, if I, if I had access to this app and the app supposedly worked like this, I would, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would replace it with, uh, with Rurouni Kenshin or something and just read that from the beginning again or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess my thing is like, while that sounds really cool, I'm not sure. I mean, again, I, I don't know. This is this is also coming from, uh, um, you know, I, I I live in America. I don't live in Japan, so I don't really have access to this app in the first place. But me personally, while this does sound cool, I would I'm not sure why they would, you know, possibly give us the option of reading their catalog titles for a supposedly a, a monthly service fee when I could just. I could just buy the graphic novel, a collected graphic novel releases, you know, the Tonkoban releases of these instead is, is my only thing. But other than that, I think this is a very cool concept. I, I like the concept of a customizable jump. 
Because I think this is something a lot of people would be interested in, especially over here. I think, it, like, the catalog stuff is going to be more useful for older titles that are not necessarily easy to find. Like, stuff like Midori no Makibao, or like Ninku, I don't think that a lot of people might have access to that, because I don't know if Jumps kept those in circulation. <laughs> Yeah, so, that's very true. you know, st- stuff, especially stuff from, uh, so definitely the st- some of the more obscure jump titles or like some of the stuff that hasn't been reprinted in a long time. Mm. I think definitely this is going to be very useful for Japanese readers to experience those kind of things if they ha- if they're having trouble finding these series and want to read them. But all in all, I, I would like to maybe see something like this over, um, over here stateside. But you know, if if we don't get it, I won't lose sleep over it. Personally, I'm, I'm I'm happy with my subscription to Shonen Jump. I I have, I have enough titles that I read personally that that I read and enjoy to you know, uh, to I guess justify the um the yearly cost. Yeah, I read everything in Jump, and I'm very satisfied with the selection we have now. And I mean, again, not not that not that I'm bashing anyone who you know buys Jump just to read one thing. I I don't know I I just I just, I see I see a lot of complaints from a lot of different people about that kind of thing and it's like well I don't know I feel like I feel like people don't think about that kind of thing enough ahead of time but I mean that's just me um but uh, moving on we we have a lot of stuff that is already either ended or is gonna be ending pretty soon and we should probably talk about those that's right all good things come to an end. Well, even bad things will eventually come to an end. But mostly this month, a bunch of good things are coming to an end. Well, okay, some bad things are coming to an end. But <laughs> we're not talking about a bunch. We're only talking about one of them. <laughs> Which is it, Sid? Uh, we'll get to it. But you'll probably recognize it when it comes up. Uh, well, actually, we're starting it with something that I'm kind of lukewarm about, but I've read. Uh, the Disappearance of Nakito Yuki-chan, uh, spin-off manga has ended as of August 4th. Uh, the 10th and final compiled volume will ship out in February 2017 in Japan and will probably follow not too far behind in North America. Disappearance of Dagodo Yuki is, for those who need a refresher, a spinoff of The Melancholy of Haru Suzumiya and specifically the alternate timeline uh, featured in The Disappearance of Haru Suzumiya film. Mm-hmm. Which is focused on uh, different in characterization and uh, of Yuki Nagato, where she is not uh, like this distant robotic alien; is more of a normal shy high school girl. But there's some other element, but there's like some elements of her memories of her alternate self's life and other like uh, in uh, other other tie-ins to the to the uh, world of the main series that pop up here and there as the series progresses. I have only I only read like the first four volumes and I haven't continued. It's not a bad series by any stretch, but I mean it's kind of like uh, reading. It's kind it would be kind of like reading that uh like Evangelion High School spinoff manga Angelic Days that's based on like that you know alternate reality Evangelion that was. Uh, sh- shown a bit of in the last episode of the TV broadcast, you know, where all the characters are just normal anime cliched characters who are attending high school 
and whatever. So, I mean, it's not as this is this actually has more. I think this the concept of of Nagato Yuki has more merit than that, and there's definitely some intriguing elements of it. But there's also a bunch of kind of meandering, kind of boring slice of life stuff that isn't that interesting. You know, even divorcing it from the fact that you know it's related to the Harvey franchise, it's just not interesting on its own. Like it, it needs the connections to the Harvey like franchise and you know the deeper some of the deeper story connections to really you know that though that's when it's worthwhile and then otherwise it's not really that interesting but you know it's it's an enjoyable enough addition to the harley franchise like the manga version in particular is much more a more pleasant experience to, and more and less like a kind of boring experience to go through than the anime counterpart which was not very well received when it came out like last year but yeah you know it's 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 uh it's ended now i'm sure that you know it probably ended in some probably had a good final story arc that's probably worth reading and might have some connection to the main series so it'd probably be worth checking that out and I'll probably finish it up since you know it's only 10 volumes long Mm -hmm. and i got through half of it anyway yeah there you go um, I don't, I honest, I, uh, I have a confession to make that I've, I've never seen an episode of Haruhi Suzumiya ever. And where have you been for the last 10 years? Um, I guess I've been doing a pretty good job of avoiding it. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'll have to fix that at some point. I don't know if I would really like it or not. I mean, I think the first season and disappearance are worth watching. Okay. Keep that in mind. For sure. Um, but anyway, we have another, uh, we have another manga ending. Well, I guess by the time this episode will be released, it'll have already, uh, premiered its final chapter. Uh, Nisekoi has finally ended. Mm-hmm. Remember a month, basically five weeks ago, when the news of Nisekoi getting a new editor came out, and you were like, oh man, I... <laughs> I really hope Nizikoi isn't going to continue on for a long time. And I was like, you know, I don't think the fact that the fact that Nizikoi's got a new editor really means anything. I think that is still pretty obviously heading towards its ending. Yeah. And guess who was right? Yeah. Okay. This guy. Okay. Fine. Fine. I'll go buy a hat after we're done recording and I'll go eat it. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to like fi- want me to find a hat right now and eat it, I don't think it would make for very good audio. But yeah, it's it's that's a better visual joke than an audio joke. Yeah, fortunately, podcasts aren't made for visual gags. Um, but yeah, uh, Nisekoi uh, again at the re- at the time of this episode being released has ended in the uh, double issue of Shonen Jump issues thirty six and thirty seven, like we mentioned earlier. So I'm sure probably on the next episode. Sid will have some thoughts on the ending of Nisekoi if he has any. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll put in my two cents too. I don't know. Depends on how the last chapter goes. But it also looks like now Shikomi is going to be launching a, um, a new work in, um, in issue four of Shonen Jump Giga on October 20th. It's not necessarily going to be like a serialization. I think it's probably just going to be more like a one shot pilot kind of thing. Or maybe a mini series. Or maybe a miniseries, but yeah, definitely Komi Sensei already has ideas in mind for what he wants to do next. And I'm definitely very interested in seeing that 
I think that now that he has a success under his belt, he might be allowed more creative freedom and able to do kind of and to tell kind of the more of the stories that was shown with Double Arts and the second half of Nisekoi just right off the gate. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't mind reading more works from Komi, although Nisekoi is the only one of his works I've ever read. I know I've seen a lot of people enjoy his previous work, such as uh, Double Arts. I hear that's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to give that a try at some point, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. As as much as I have my uh, quips with Nisekoi, I I liked it enough to where I I would like to follow keep following this particular author. Yeah, he's a good artist, and also when he's really focuses on like drama between characters and like character development, he's really good. Mm-hmm. But what what what's the next manga ending, Sid? Right, it's been. About eight years since it started. Oh, wow. But Billy Bat has finally come to its end, or is coming to its end. It'll be ending on Kodansha's Morgan Magazine's 38 issue, which will be out on August 18th. And I had expect, and the final arc started in June, and I expected it would be ending around this time because the way Ursa has been writing Billy Bat for the last couple of years is that he's been releasing it. In eight chapter uh, long stretches, so just doing the math for when this uh, f- when the final art started, I figured that it would be ending around you know the middle of August, and also you know just by reading the story, it's like very clearly coming to the climax here. Yeah, and Billy Bats, of course, another solid Urasawa trailer, really really engaging stuff. Uh, great protagonist, great mystery. It's hard for me to really... I think I need to reread it from the beginning to truly compare it against his other stuff. For a time, like when I first caught up with it, I definitely considered it my second favorite of his works. But I think I've been a little shakier on some of the recent stuff that's been happening in the story. But I might... But I think it might flow better to me if I read it from the beginning and it might all fit and all those pieces might fit together better than how it comes across reading it weekly. But it's another great series from Urasawa. Hopefully Kodansha releases it here in the USA uh, now that it's come to its end in Japan. And yeah, I'm hoping that I'm really looking forward to Urasawa's next work too and I hope it doesn't take him uh, long to make to uh, start that up after Billy Bat's conclusion. I need to start reading Billy Bat at some point. I've heard I've heard very good things, and though uh, admittedly I haven't read a lot of Urasawa's work from the, the from the little I've read, I I do enjoy his work. One of the best writers working in manga today. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Um, Billy Bat is definitely something I'd like to get to at some point. Oh, but uh, we we were mentioning uh, some some stuff that. Uh, uh, some some questionable stuff that's uh, that's also ending. Uh, might as well get on to that. So, Bleach has been confirmed to be ending on August twenty second with the thirty eighth issue of Weekly Shot and Jump. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it'll be that issue as well. We'll have an important announcement for Bleach. What that'll be, I have no idea. Probably a new anime announcement, like a Bleach the Final Act kind of thing. Probably. I'm I'm sure I'm I'm sure there are enough people who want it. 
honestly, it could benefit from, you know, hindsight. That art could benefit from hindsight. They could probably bridge a bunch of the, you know, more pointless detours or the parts that are, like, really stretched out. Honestly, that those entire, that is this entire, the entire, like, 200 chapter final arc of Bleach. Is it 200 chapters? It's basically, yes, 200 plus chapters. Oh, wow. It's a long, it's, I don't know if, the fan base divides it up into sub arcs, but if they have it, it's the longest arc in Bleach. Jeez. I think. Uh, maybe if you don't divide it up the way some window Rankar's thing is longer, but I don't remember. But basically, yeah, I mean that that the then the entire Quincy arc could be told in a twenty six episode season. Yeah, I was I was gonna say yeah I. I I think twenty six episodes would probably be a safe bet considering yeah the pace of Bleach in general. Yeah, like I don't think it really needs more than twenty six episodes. Like there's stuff they could cut out. There's stuff they could. There's stuff that just would fit in one episode just by the way Kubo faces his fights and whatever. Uh, the one thing that the anime would definitely benefit from adding into would be fleshing out that final battle so that it's more satisfying. Because, uh, it just kind of ends after Ichiko slashes him with his z- original Shikai, which I don't know why Ichigo Shikai is somehow powerful enough to kill Yawak. But, you know, maybe they can explain that. Maybe they can kind of explain the significance of that and whatever, you know? So, so I think there, there's some things that could benefit in from uh being adapted from this like arc being adapted into anime it could probably be improved quite a bit even though structurally and in terms of the actual plot itself i don't know how much better it would really be but at least it would probably not feel as like much of a slog to get through <laughs> as it was reading it yeah uh, my condolences sid for you reading this 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 thing week to week yeah <laughs> yeah. Bleach did not end on a high note. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd, yeah, from from what I've been hearing, yeah, that seems to be the um I guess the uh the general consensus. I think the biggest kick in the pants to fans is the fact that the ending was rushed after years of sluggish pacing and that things being drawn out. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, again, I quit Bleach pretty much right before the final arc, and I, I, I thank my various gods every day that I did. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't mean that uh, that I probably won't. That doesn't mean I won't reread it or start reading it from the beginning now that it's over. Because at least uh, you know, like it, it'll it won't it won't take as long to get through, which is which is good, I guess. That's true. Bleach is a fast read in volume form. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm sure by the time it ends, I don't know. Maybe maybe Sid will have something to say about that one too. If if he if he wants to say anything, because I'm I'm certainly not going to have anything to say other than yay, it finally ended. And I'm and I'm sure that's gonna I'm sure that's gonna make all the Bleach fans that listen to us mad. <laughs> so, uh, what's what's another thing that's ending? Yeah, the last thing that we're going to talk about that's ending this month is. Genjiken's second season, the sequel to Genjiken, it's really more of a continuation. That will be ending this month on August 25th, uh, in the September issue of Kodansha's Monthly Afternoon. 
and I I've only read the first series of Genjiken, but it's one of it's a really enjoyable like satire on otaku culture and also a good look on just you know uh, otaku culture and various aspects of it and humanizing otaku in a way that other manga generally don't. Yeah. Now I've heard that Genshiken's second season is not quite as good as the predecessor in no large part thanks to the fact that the main character Madarame gets a harem inexplicably <laughs> and everyone is fully aware that they're they're in a harem situation but they're all complicit in that situation and like so it's being meta but it doesn't you like subvert the tropes so it's trying to have its cake and eat it too which is apparently very awkward and weird so so pretty so pretty much it's like hey we're in a harem series right yeah we are okay cool yeah, they don't. They they're fully aware. I mean, they're otaku, right? So they're fully aware that oh my god, we're in a harem situation, but they just go along with it. Yeah, like out of all the fourth wall humor I've ever seen in my life, um, that doesn't sound like it'd be very funny. Well, I mean, I haven't actually, I haven't read second season itself yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but this is what I've heard about it. So I don't know if this is necessarily. A good or bad thing that the series that second season is ending, but maybe if the series has lost that kind of spark that the original had, then maybe it is kind of a good thing. Uh huh. But I think, but still, again, you can when it, when it was good, it was really funny, really fun. So I don't know if there's going to be a Genshin third season or whatever, but still, it's still kind of sad to see the series end. I can't say I agree or disagree because I've never read Genshin. Look at all this stuff that I've never read. What kind of manga <laughs> maverick am I? Yeah, and I know that you haven't read the next one we're going to talk about either. I've I've seen a little bit of it, and from from the little bit I've seen, it was it was okay. I I liked it, but I'm sure I don't think I got to like. I'm sure like me saying that I probably didn't get to like the part of the series that like everybody loves or whatnot. How much did you read or watch it? I watched maybe two or three episodes of the anime when it was uh, when it was airing. <laughs> okay, so you didn't get very far at all. No, I really didn't. Oh, uh, no. It do- I mean, once you get to the Balbot arc, it really picks up. But yeah, the Magi, for those who don't know, is currently halfway through its final arc, which started last October. So basically, if... The second arc is as long as the first half of the first half was. It'll be probably about uh, nine or so more months. It'll probably end next summer or so. And Magizi has been pretty great recently with the final arc. I mean, it's been really enjoyable. Like the like, there's been some really satisfying developments. And yeah, things are definitely sh- uh, shaping up towards the climax here. And I think that Magi is going to be going out on a pretty good note. So it's not really going to be... I don't know if it's going to be bittersweet. I think it, this is actually the right time to end Magi. I think it's going to go out on the most satisfying note it could. Hmm. Well, that's, that's good. That's good to hear, at least. Mm-hmm. But I think that's it for all the manga that are ending. Um we got a pretty interesting news story here. Um, so, uh, we talk a lot about Tokyo Ghoul on the podcast, obviously, uh, because it always does so well. 
But uh, apparently, the official website of Shueisha's men's nono fa- uh, fashion magazine announced a, sh- a short while ago that uh, that apparently the author of Tokyo Ghoul his his name escapes me. Sui uh, Ishida. Yes, uh, Ishida apparently plans to redraw the first chapter of Tokyo Ghoul, and that that redrawn first chapter is going to be published in a pamphlet included with. Uh, with a men's no no magazine uh October issue to be sold on September tenth. I don't know, what do you think of this, Sid? I'm not sure if there's really any point in redraw in uh redrawing the first chapter. Like one of the rules, like I think most a lot of artists, you know, kinda go by is to never like kind of get into the trap of revisiting, redoing your old art. You should probably you should just keep, you know, moving forward. I kind of understand why Ishida is doing this because he says he wants to do that, do this to kind of reach people who hadn't read the series yet. And I guess maybe he wants to kind of, you know, tweak things a little bit that he wasn't satisfied the first time. I think, I don't know, I don't know if this was necessary, but uh it's not necessarily a bad thing either it could attract you know new readers see i don't as someone who on the podcast has read the first volume of tokyo ghoul and talked about it i honestly like uh seeing the comparison between the the redrawn sort of uh a, a part of the redrawn title page of the first chapter um comparing it to the the old title page from the original um i think from from what i'm seeing here i think i might prefer um ishida's newer art style because definitely the the redrawn um main character kaneki i think looks a lot more i i don't know i i kind of like his new style comparatively but i mean i don't know I, i guess i don't know if that's a hot take or not necessarily but i guess i just don't see much of the point of the original artist you know redrawing like his own work. Maybe if it was a different artist approaching the material, that might be there might be something, you know, new that could be added. But that, that would have know. been interesting too. Yeah. It's just that Ishida himself redrawing the first chapter, I'm not sure if there's really that much of a point and if he really needs to go through all that effort. I think maybe he could have just made like a new one shot or prologue kind of thing. That's that true. That would have yeah. also work to attract new readers of that was his intention. If this entire thing is going to be in color, like the entire chapter is going to be in color, then that also might be, you know, interesting too, and maybe that would also give it some value. But if it's only partly in color and the rest of it is black and white than the original, then I don't know. And I, I guess it also depends on, like, how much of it is redrawn, like, in the sense of, like, like if it'll if it'll be like just touched up and it'll just be redrawn just in his art style or I guess his current art style or if it'll be like redrawn to the point where like maybe he experiments with like maybe some like new camera angles or whatnot maybe maybe like especially when it comes to like the the little uh I guess I guess the small fight that we get or I guess confrontation we get in that first chapter in particular maybe I mean I if he know. changes like if he doesn't just Re- completely redraw the first chapter wholesale, but you know has new uh, panel layouts, has new like compositions. It has new moments added to it, 
and then like a new treatments of uh of the older moments then maybe that would be interesting but i if it's just if he's just retrying like the same thing again again i don't see much of a point in that yeah that's that's something that remains to be seen i kind of hope it's the latter but i mean you really never know but anyway uh so we we talked about uh, nominees for the uh, Eisner Award, I think, at some point on the podcast, and it looks like we have a winner. Yes. Uh, Sh- Shigeru Mizuki's Showa, A History of Japan, has won the Eisner Award for Best U.S. Edition of International Material Asia. Uh, it was competing against Assassination Classroom, Bride Story, Master Keaton, Silent Voice, and Sunny. So it was up against some competition with some good titles there, but I think that, but uh, I think that the most deserving title definitely won out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, as I, I still haven't read this particular work, but I'm glad that somebody like Shigeru Mizuki's uh, works uh, have that kind of, um, I guess, uh, I, I guess, uh, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is. I guess I'm glad it has that kind of recognizability behind it. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, this is also a series that I need to get on reading because I've heard just great things about it. And I'm also, I also just like, you know, Shigeru Mizuki's work. Like, I've, I mean, I really only read Gege, Ge, parts of Gege no Gitaro and watched some of the anime, but I, I'm very interested in Mizuki as a creator. And this is definitely, and I think that, and definitely the subject matter. Japan, Japanese history is something I'm interested in. Mm-hmm, especially in manga form. Yes. But, uh, uh, let's see, I don't know how to transition into this, but uh, we, we got we got a, uh, a another certain news piece here that I'm not sure if I completely understand, so Sid, if you could kind of explain to me what's going on with uh, Viz Media here in the uh, organization that they're apparently uh, teaming up with. Yes, so Viz has joined the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund as a corporate member. Comic uh, Book Legal Defense Fund, for those who don't know, is a nonprofit organization that exists to counter efforts to censor and restrict public access to comic books. So basically what it does is that it fights against restrictive legislation, it ha- sponsors programs and lectures uh, arising against censorship, and it also does like kind of community reach outs to, you know, to, you know, get comic books into more hands, you know, startup book clubs, whatnot. And that kind of leads into what Wiz is, you know, doing now that it's a part of this organization is that it's uh, publishing something called the Manga Book Club Handbook, which is a guide for librarians and anyone else who, I guess, bookstore owners who also might get their hands on it, and is an explanation of how to launch a manga book club, which, you know, I, there's one at my local library, so definitely there's, you know, something that can, that has, uh, you know, value for local libraries to try and reach out and do with their communities just mm-hmm. all around. And so, I think this is, this manga book club handbook is freely accessible. Uh, if you just look it up, basically just as a corporate member, this is also just gonna, you know, help support, you know, all these other efforts to, you know, get, to get, you know, uh, promote comic books and also prevent, you know, legislation that, you know, impedes on the rights of comic book 
creators and publishers and on, uh, you know, influencing the material published within comic books. Mm-hmm. It's also worth knowing that Wiz is not the only manga publisher that is a member of the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Other members include Comixology, Dark Horse, Diamond Comic, IDW, Image, Penguin, Readpop, Scholastic, and TFAW.com. Oh, wow, Scholastic. That's a name I haven't heard of in a, uh, heard about in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't have much to say about this other than I, I'm... I'm I'm glad that hopefully you know manga in general can maybe reach a more uh, wider audience in terms of uh, trying to get more books in hands. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure how a manga book club would go go though. I'd be interested in um, I'd be interested in joining something like that. Well, yeah, just like a book club, but instead of you know book like literary like uh, novels, you're reading manga. Basically, like every week, you know, the book club is going to discuss a particular manga series or volume of a manga series, you know, with each other, like, you know, a book, like a novel book club would. And then they would choose, like, the next title to read for next week, and then they'd, you know, read that and discuss it as a group. So, so, so what you're, so what you're telling me is it'd be like a podcast, except with real people. Pretty much. Hey, I mean, I could get behind that. But I think the last thing we want to talk about before we uh, get on to uh, whatever else we have planned here. So, I'm not, I'm not exactly familiar with this here. Can can you explain this also to me, Sid? Because I don't think I've, I don't think I heard about this until recently. Yeah. So annually at Comic Con International, a group of uh, retailers and uh, journalists and you know, other aficionados in the graphic, in the comic book and manga industry, you know, kind of make a list of the best and worst manga that have been released in the United United States in uh, a particular year. So this year, they also did that again. And, you know, they named some uh, titles in certain groups, the best new manga for kids, teens, the best new manga for grown-ups, the best continuing manga for kids and teens, the best continuing manga for grown-ups, the worst manga for anyone, any age, underrated but great manga, most anticipated new manga, and most wanted manga. So those are the categories. And so they select a bunch of titles that kind of Fit into that they collectively deem worthy to fit under certain categories. So, for example, in the best new manga for kids teens, we have Haikyuu, Fuku Fuku, Kid and Tales, Monthly Girls, Nozaki Kun, Orange Ultraman, and Honda Kun. Hmm. I, I I could probably agree with all those. Mm-hmm. In the best new manga for grown-ups, we have Wandering Island, I Am a Hero, Goodnight Poon Poon, Sherlock the manga adaptation of the BBC series of the same name, and Cigarette Girl. Again, I don't see a problem with that list. In the best continuing manga series, we have A Silent Voice, The Fruits Basket Omnibuy, uh, Noragami Stray God, Yotsuba, and Your Lie in April. See, A Silent Voice kind of confuses me because I think they just finished releasing all that in print. Well... I mean, they probably decided on this list before, you know, the the final volume came out or whatever. That's 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 true. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that. Um, otherwise, yeah, I I agree with most of that list too. 
Mm-hmm. And the best continuing manga for grown-ups, they have Tokyo Ghoul, Princess Jellyfish, Winland Saga, Inuyashiki, and the Planet's Army by releases. I'm not sure how I feel about Tokyo Ghoul being considered for grown-ups, because, I don't know, personally, I don't think it's like... I don't know, we, we, we talked about it on the podcast a little while ago, how... Um, how we're not uh, like uh, so, like we're not very sure about like how well it really handles some of its themes or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think my only, I mean, I don't. I think Tokyo Ghoul is fine. I don't really have major problems with it necessarily being considered. You know, mm-hmm. one of the better titles. Well, a good one uh, among mentioning uh, highlight hi- among titles being highlighted necessarily. But I don't know if it's necessarily one of. I know it's a seinen series, but it feels more like the audience for Tokyo Ghoul is teenagers and whatever. Yeah, like it's 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 adult, but I don't think it's the kind of adult like like the rest of the manga in this category. Yeah, I mean, is the thing. There's a difference in the level of maturity between Tokyo Ghoul and Winland Saga. Yeah, yeah, by quite a bit. Winland Saga is a mature manga. You know, or 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 Tokyo Ghoul compared to like Princess Jellyfish. Yeah, it's, yeah, that too. Compared to Princess Jellyfish, wins like on planets. Tokyo Ghoul is a little more, you know, I don't want to say juvenile, but shonen leaning in tone. So yeah, I would yeah. probably put it. I pro- I, I would pro- I think the audience really is teenagers more so than adults. So I probably put it with mm-hmm. best manga for kids teens more than anything, but. Uh, it is technically seinen, so. I mean, hey, you never know. I'm sure a lot. I'm sure plenty of adultery Tokyo Ghoul too. Mm-hmm. Now the next two sections are probably the most interesting and controversial. Yeah, uh, a, a, a certain Josh Dunham is going to have a field day with this one. Yeah, uh, in the worst manga for anyone any age, uh, we have Black Clover. Oh. Which. Okay, well, t- I'll go through these all before I say anything about that, but Tomodachi, X-Monster, Guardians of the Louvre, uh, Ninja Slayer Kills, and Servant X-Service. See, before, before, uh, or up here, did you have anything to say about, uh, Black Clover? I do have, like, I don't think Black Clover is a terrible manga in any stretch, in any stretch. Like, I, I would not put it, like, among the worst manga for any whatever. It is not, that bad at all like at the worst it is a at the worst it's a little derivative but bad a truly bad manga like that no one should read like i i I don't see it i i don't think i'll ever understand that level of you know disdain for black clover yeah i mean i haven't read it myself but i think i feel again like it's this is coming from a guy who only read the first chapter and then nothing past it, but I feel like worse comes to worse, it's just it's very, very, very similar to other shonen series. Yeah. Especially Naruto. Yeah, at worst, Black Clover is a little derivative and it doesn't the sometimes the pacing can be a bit off. It I think a pro, one of the problem one problem I've been noticing Black Clover lately is it doesn't really know when to end a fight. Like, there'll be a climb, there'll be a really awesome climax, but then the battle just keeps going. Hmm. And I think that there's diminishing returns each time it does that, but it's not a terribly written manga overall, I don't think. I definitely, it's definitely not one of the worst manga for anyone ever. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> so yeah, that that's something I I, I can't really see eye to eye on. Yeah, but I don't know about the other series on the list because I haven't uh, I haven't read any of them, but. I've heard people like Tomodachi Monster, though. I hear that's actually pretty decent. I don't know. I, the only other one that I have read a little bit about is Ninja Slayer Kills, and I, I, I mean, I wasn't offended by it, but yeah, it's not. I, I, what, I'm not against mentioning that as one of the worst we're, 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 we are talking about, like, the same Ninja Slayer with, with, with the anime produced by Trigger, right? Yeah. I mean, the, that anime... And this manga are both based on, like, novels, originally. Okay, too, yeah, that's so. right, that's right. But, yeah. So, other, otherwise, I'm surprised to see a Jiro Taniguchi work on the work on this list, because I, cause generally Jiro Taniguchi is, kind of, is a pretty respected mangaka, but I don't know, I haven't read this work in question, so maybe it really is not. I don't think good. I'm familiar with any of this author's works, honestly. Hmm. Well, moving on to underrated but great manga, we have Yowamushi Petal, Bleach, Kitaro, and Kiss Me Not Me. I agree with all of these except for Bleach. If it were me, I would be put I would put Bleach in the worst manga and put Black Clover in the underrated. But see, see, I'll give Bleach this as much as people like to like to give a shit about like how much ink it uses or how much ink it doesn't use or whatnot. I don't know. I, I've always at least liked the art for Bleach. I mean, it, I'm not sure if it's like a masterpiece, but it. I always thought it was like competently done. I, j- I just, I just wish the story was better. Yeah, I mean, art is fine, but comics are art and story, you know. So yeah, that's I true. I think the story of Bleach, you know, definitely really degrades in quality as it goes on. Yeah, I ju- and generally, I just don't understand it being underrated because even if Bleach is you know, not considered very highly by a good number of people, it is still overwhelmingly popular. It's still one of the more popular manga titles in North America, still generally. Like, New Volumes will still be on the New York Times list. Yeah. Like, there is still a pretty passionate fan base for the series. Yeah, so that that doesn't really make sense to me either. That's interesting. Yeah, so even, even... not taking the quality of Bleach into account, just in terms of its reputation in North America alone, I don't understand how it could be considered underrated. Hmm. And anyway, moving on to most anticipated new manga, we have Otterworld Barbara by Monohagyo, Blame by Satomu Nihei, Flying Witch by Chihiro Ichizuka, Attack on Titan and Toji by various comic artists, Ichigaf, a worker's graphic memoir of the Fukushima nuclear plant by Kasuto Tatsuya, and Erased by Keisame, all of which will be coming out either by the end of next year or next year. Hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to some of those. I think I think out of all of those, I'm probably looking forward to Ichigaf the most. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind reading the Erased manga. I read it, and I much prefer the anime. Uh, so that's all I have to say about that. Then, finally, in Most Wanted Manga, uh, we have Mob Psycho 100 by 1, Koshoku Robot by Hisai Awaka, Hoshiga Haruno o Maju no Mori by Hisei Awoka, and not Hisei Awoka, Dungeon Meshi by Ryoko Kui, and Giant Killing by Masaya Tsunamoto and Tsuchitomo. Yeah, I I can only imagine Mob Cycle 100 is going to get some kind of release here at some point. 
Yeah, I definitely want to see both Mob Psycho and Dungeon Meshi, because I definitely really enjoy both of those. Hmm. Isn't Giant Killing a soccer manga? Yeah, I, it is a soccer manga. I, 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 just, I hear very good things about it. I do too, but I haven't read it yet. So, I don't really have anything to say about that. I'm interested in this Sensei Iwaka, since uh, he has two works on here. I don't know what Koshoku Robot is, but apparently the translation for that title is Solitary Dining Robot. I don't know what, like, I don't know what the premise of that could be, but I can only imagine it's stupid and amazing. Probably. I really hope so, because that, that sounds like it could be fun. Or it could be bad, I don't know, but... If it's if it's on, if it's on a list of most wanted manga, I it, it's gotta be it's gotta be decent at least. The fact that this author has two works on this list makes me curious about him. So I'll probably check out some a, a work of his at some point when I get the chance. Yeah, well, there you go. That was those were those were some interesting lists. But I think before we go here soon, uh, we have an email. Indeed, we do from our good friend Allison. Uh, would you like to read that, Sid? Sure. Hello, Manga Mavericks. It is Meowth900 here. I've been reading Kenshin. Uh, I'm up to Wisbix Volume 7. I need to get 8 and 9, and then I should be finished. Well, there you go. Not, sh- mm-hmm. Not sure what manga they start reading afterwards, though. If you have any suggestions, feel free to say something. Uh, that's... I was trying to think of some, and I don't know. Uh, what are some suggestions? I don't know if she's read it, but if she hasn't, um, I mean, unfortunately, I don't, th- I don't think this title's available digitally yet, which is unfortunate because y- you would think, you would think with like how recognizable of a name Yusuke Murata is in the manga industry, you think they would be in the process of trying to get to this at some point. But I hope, I hope that they put iShield 21, uh, up for a uh, digital release. That would be nice. Oh man, I've been waiting for a digital bundle for Ice 21 forever so I could just buy that and read it cuz that'd be just so convenient. I would I would probably buy it digitally and buy it physically at some honest I like I like I Shield 21 enough to like double dip on it honestly cuz it's it's honestly like my second favorite manga of all time next to One Piece. Like I love it that much. For me, I just want I want it digitally mainly because I that's just would make it easier for me to finally read the series because I don't I don't have time to really you know buy and read all the volumes if they're in print but because I'll usually because that kind of limits my options of where I can read them yeah uh, but what if I can just have it on my phone and I can just you know read it wherever I am you know that's just way more convenient for me and it also helps me keep my momentum reading it just much more easier no no i i totally agree i'm i'm just saying that like i love it enough to 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 buy both honestly Mm -hmm. definitely series that i like uh like a lot i would buy both in digital and print forms um i'm really trying i'm trying to i'm not sure if there's anything i would like that i'm like really really raring to recommend allison um I don't know. Uh, I would I would probably recommend maybe Dead Man Wonderland. That's all available. And I, I, I con- confession time. I read I read pretty much all of that through scans. Like before Viz picked it up, uh, rescued it from uh, Tokyo Pop, and to kind of make up for that, I've been trying to kind of buy all of Dead Man Wonderland so I can reread through it again. Because scans for Dead Man Wonderland are 
they're not like outright terrible, but they're not really the best either. So been trying to support that. So Demon Wonderland's pretty good. I would I would recommend that. I would say that if you want something thematically similar to Kenshin and also similar to the Vayner Berserk, which he mentions in the next sentence here, then I would wholeheartedly recommend uh, Windland Saga, which is not only a lot shorter than Berserk, with only like seven omnibus volumes out now, but it's also... Uh, well, it's not, I don't know if they're selling it digitally. I think you can read it digitally, too. So that might also be an option for you. But it's also not nearly as, uh, you know, graphic and content as Berserk in terms of, like, uh, the stuff it shows. So you, you can comfortably buy that in print and not have to worry about, uh, you know, people looking over your shoulder and, like, wondering, what the hell are you reading? So, I yes, I wholeheartedly recommend Will and Saga. This is just an excellent series. Uh, and if you really enjoyed Kenshin and are interested in Berserk, it's I think it's going to be really up your alley. Well, not not to burst your bubble, Sid, but I I think I I'm pretty sure Allison probably has probably has collected all of Vinland Saga at this point. So I I remember her buying a lot of those when uh, during the time when Kodansha was like, oh I don't know, guys, I don't know if we're going to make any more or publish any more. But ha- but if you haven't read them yet, then I encourage you to read those. That's next. true. Otherwise, um... Well, here, ju- just in case, I don't know, maybe if you want something, maybe if you want, if you want another samurai manga, I don't know if she's read this yet, but, uh, from the little I've read of Vagabond, I'd recommend that. Oh, yeah, that's another, yeah, definitely, uh, uh if you're, that's another one I'd recommend if you want something in the vein of both Kenshin and Berserk. That's, de- that's definitely another great and, and Vagabond, just like both Kenshin and Berserk, has beautiful artwork. Mm-hmm. Some of the best in the medium. Takahiko Inoue, in my opinion, is probably, like, one of the gods of manga. Uh, but we should probably continue with the email. Yes. So she continues, I want to read Berserk, but there's almost 40 volumes out, and they're not sold digitally because it's really mature. Uh, the struggle is real. See, now, I know Berserk isn't sold digitally, but I'm I'm not sure if that's real. I'm not, I, I, I want to say that's not the only reason it's. That that can't be the only reason it's not sold digitally. It's just probably some something between Dark Horse and the publisher that probably doesn't have necessarily to do with the content of Berserk itself. It's just that they haven't procured the rights to release it digitally yet. Yeah, that that's the kind of thing that like, well, I was gonna say Viz would do, but actually not even because I know I know on Viz's site, I'm not sure if it's changed with with the website change, but I know that like you can't. Um, I'm pretty sure you can't read their mature titles on their app and you have to read them on like their website, which is kind of unfortunate. But I mean, I understand why that's a thing they do. But at the same time, that is a little inconvenient. I think they changed that policy because I'm now able to read Nana volumes on my phone. Well, is that rated mature? It used to be. I don't know. Maybe they changed the rating and now that's why I can read it. But I mean, I think they might have changed the policy for that. Hmm. But... In regardless, you'd still be able to you you'd still be able to read it digitally on your computer. That's you know, true. If they were to release it, Dark Horse were to release, you know, I'm, it I'm sure. I'm sure at some point in the future uh, that hopefully Berserk will be available digitally. If it never is, I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. So to continue on here, uh, on the brighter side, I will also start to read Behind the Scenes, and that's a manga by Bisco Hattori, otherwise known as the creator of the beloved manga anime series Oran High School Host Club. 
That's also ten years old. Another series that's ten years old at this point. Mm-hmm. The anime, at least. Yes, yes. So far, it's great because it's set in a college and not high school. <laughs> refreshing. The characters are over the top and funny, and the main character is really evil, like Kiyoya Senpai, which is awesome. I hope it gets an anime adaptation at some point. I'm waiting for Amazon to ship out my pre-orders for Lock Horizon LN Volume Five. Durara LN Volume 4, Gangsta Volume 6, and Haikyuu Volume 1. I think it's taking a while because I pre-ordered Kuroko Volume 1 and Haikyuu Volume 2. I'm glad Haikyuu has been selling good for Viz, but usually first volumes sell good. And I'm not sure the pattern will continue. But I think when Season 3 of the Haikyuu anime starts up again, the manga could get even more traction. That is a good point. And I think that uh, just the fact that Haikyuu has been really stable on the list these past few weeks is a good sign that... I think that there's definitely a big audience for it that's going to keep supporting it for the volumes to come. And I think that its success success as a manga in North America is pretty stable and secure. Now, to get to really the meat of our question here, I noticed that you guys were talking a lot about Weekly Shonen Jump last episode. I have some stuff to say about it. I know you guys focused hardcore on Japan's Jump with Bleach ending, but you didn't mention anything about Liz's version of Jump, which is insanely smaller than Japan Jump. With Bleach, shit echo, oh, bleep echoi, I mean, he's quite ending, and eventually Toriko ending, the this Jump will be small. I mean, sure, we got One Piece. Hunter Hunter, Food Wars, World Triggered, Black Clover, Alexis Seraphian, and One Punch Man. But Lucy, Exorcist, and Seraph only have new chapters once a month. And One Punch Man has such an irregular chapter schedule, it's hard to tell when new chapters will come to jump. All that in mind means Wiz Jump will have a smaller amount of manga. What do you guys think Wiz Media will do to make more people say subscribe to Weekly Shorter Jump and get new subscribers? Well, I think we've already addressed this in the past. I mean, we've already seen efforts. Uh, for Shonen Jump to kind of change, like, uh, the, uh, the amount of content that it's available to people in terms of their new Shonen Jump site, which offers, like, free, uh, chapters daily to people. And that's another way it's, uh, they're attracting audiences by having, you know, high Q Kuroko free chapters on there, as well as, uh, other, you know, really popular stuff like JoJo's and One Punch Man. And in terms of the, you know, Weekly Shonen Jump lineup in uh you in Wiz's Jump. I mean, basically, we right now we have two of the eight regular weekly series ending: Nisekoi and Bleach. So really, just to keep the balance, they just need to replace those two regular series with two new regular series. Now, what those two new regular series are, they haven't announced yet. Uh, but as we discussed before, I think Haikyuu is definitely going to be one of them, especially with its success uh, in sales so far for Viz. And I think that it could either be one of the new jump starts that we've, we've we're that are starting up this month, depending on you know reader polls. I think definitely now is a great time for Viz to you know, add something new, add one of the new jump starts in again, because people have been demanding that for a long time. Yep. And since now they are loose, and since they need new content now, I think that's just, that would just be a nice bone to throw. Otherwise, in terms of some of the other stuff that's, you know, still running in a Japan jump that has been running for a while, uh, it's kind of hard to say. Some A lot of the series that uh, they've run at Jump Stars are kind of going up and down right now. Like in the most recent uh, popularity poll, uh, well, not I mean the most recent uh, 
uh, table of contents ranking. Like, Straighten Up, Salmon, Kimetsu no Yaiba were all near the bottom. Oh. So, I don't know, like, if they're in danger or not. I mean, they could jump back up, but they might be in a kind of precarious position. Who knows? Honestly, they might invest in Yuna of Yuragi Monor. Because that is doing very well and is pretty stable and would somewhat fill the niche Misekoi has left in the US jump. But uh, they never run that as a jump start, so who knows if they have any interest at all in it. If they are going to pick something from what they've already run as jump starts before, I guess, I guess probably they would go with Kimetsu no Yaiba just because that has. That is the shortest amount of like uh chap like the shortest gap in chapters between where they left off and where they would begin publishing it because uh Sam and the Summler and Straighten Up have been go have going on for almost for over or almost a year at this point, and that might just be too hard for like English readers to jump into those series yeah, yeah. without being caught up in all the content they've missed. So that's what I would expect. I think that we're going to get high We might get one of the new jump starts starting up this month, and we might get one of the stuff that's one of the series that they've run as a jump start before, currently running in the Wiz Jump, uh, depending on whether or not like they're in a safe place or not. If they are getting any of those, though, but I would expect it to be Kimetsu no Yaba. I don't know. I I'm still I'm still gunning for Promise Neverland. Like if they're going to pick up anything personally, um I mean, I don't know how well it's going to do over in Japan. Uh you never know. It it could get canceled 20 chapters later, but I'd still I I'd, I'd like them to, you know, maybe try that. Personally, I would just I would just like to keep reading more of that. Um I wouldn't mind the return of Kimetsu no Yaiba. It's uh it's it's definitely one of the more unique uh shonen jump titles I've ever read. Uh, personally, I would I would just like them to do more one shots because I I know like between Jump and all of its other like uh, sub magazines, uh, I'm sure they publish quite a lot of them. So I I just like to see more of those every once in a while because I don't think they've been <sighs> I I'm pretty sure like the la- we we haven't gotten like a we haven't gotten a one shot translated in English in the Viz Jump for. A couple of months now. I think they'll get Comey's one shot when that comes out. I I hope so. That would be nice. Um, God, I can't remember. I think the last one we got was uh, was back last year around Christmas, around New Year, somewhere around that. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was there was something. I'm pretty sure it was drawn by. Um, I'm pretty sure it was drawn by Takeshi Obata. Maybe, possibly. Um, I I probably should have looked it up ahead of time because I honestly can't remember. I, all I know is it's it's been a while since they've done something like that, and I kind of hope they start doing that again. Either that or, um, I mean, I would like I I think I said this on Twitter. I'd like to see more from the Jump Plus app because there are a lot of a uh, lot of lot of comics that run on there ex- exclusively. That you know, if they don't run and jump, I would at least. I would at least like to see them pick up for maybe maybe their free section. I think the basic thing is though that as far as you know, Wiz's jump is concerned, they're losing two of its of their eight like weekly serializations, so they need to replace those two at the very least. 
it would be nice if, as a bonus, they would finally add one of another, like, one of their jump starts on as an addition to that. If they add it just on as a, a part, as another, like, as a replacement for Bleacher Nisegoy, I mean, I'd be satisfied with that too. I think generally, though, they don't want to have less content because people have been, you know, demanding more content from them. So at the very least, they need to keep the status quo and maintain eight weekly series. I'm, I'm sure. So, I'm sure they want to at least give the you know give their subscribers what they paid for, essentially. Yeah. So we're going to get like two two replacements for Nisekoi and Bleach in the English jump. I am pretty confident that Haiku will be one of them. The other one is up in the air at this point. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I just hope it's something new. Like, I, I really, I really want, I just, I just want, I just want to, I want to be able to look forward to, to a new series fre- fresh from the beginning. Uh, I, that's basically just kind of what, all I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping the Promised Neverland will be prob- will, will be that one. I, I mean, unless the other two jump starts end up being better, which I haven't read them, so I, I can't make any judgments, but I feel like that'll probably be unlikely. Well, it'll all depend on reader reaction to them. And I think Promise Everland has been mostly positive reaction so far. So we'll see how uh, Love Rush and Red Sprite do. Uh, I think I think those are our thoughts on Jump as they stand. Mm-hmm. The current the current state of Viz Jump. Yep. So uh, thank you for that email, Allison. Yes, and. Everyone, please do not hesitate to send us more emails. We love having emails, and we love reading emails. So please uh, email us at mangamavericks at gmail.com. Yes, please please send us an email just like Allison, and, and we will read yours on the show. Even even if it's uh even if it's uh very even if it's you know just critical like hey guys you suck this is how you can be better we'll read that too we don't care we we, we can we can use some constructive criticism if we need it. I think that's going to be the end of the show though. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Manga Mavericks. Um, Sid, uh, pl- go ahead and plug your stuff. You can find me on Twitter and my anime list as at Mayasha. You can also find me on Animation Revelation uh, under the same name. I'm writing a greatest anime episode tournament. It's fun. Uh, you can you know check that out. Uh, I also write for AllComic.com and Animation Revelation, though I'm taking a hiatus. Uh, from that right now, because I have a bunch of work that I, I have to do, you know, for school and my job, so that's taking priority. But hopefully I'll have, you know, stuff. I'll be able to return to writing manga reviews and stuff in, in the near future. And that's about it, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, go follow all of Sid's stuff. Uh, look forward to uh, more reviews for him, from him when he can finally uh, find the time to do those. Uh, as for me... I don't do a lot of, uh, I don't really do a lot of anything on all comic other than this podcast. Cause I'm just, I'm not a writer. I'm, I, I like to talk more than I like to write, especially, um, but you know, if you want to, if you like, if you like, if you actually like my opinions on things, uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter as well at sniper King three, two, three, that's S N I P E R K I N G three, two, three. If you want to listen to me on some other podcasts, um, uh, as I've explained before, I am a huge fan of Gintama, which is why um, I started an I started a Gintama podcast when there was already another one uh, being produced. That's how much I like this series. Um, you can find that uh, that's Life Lessons, the Gintama manga cast at gintalifelessons.wordpress.com. Uh, basically, if you like Toriko, listen to the Heavenly Kings podcast. 
if you like uh, Detective Conan slash Case Closed, please listen to One Podcast Prevails. And um, I think that's better for all my other shows. Um, as for the Manga Mavericks podcast in general, uh, you can find more of the show, uh, more of Manga Mavericks on alt-comic.com. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash all.comic or on twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. And like uh, Sid just said, please email, email us anything. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, e- email us about uh, some recommendations for other manga you maybe would like us to read or just anything manga related. Uh, ask us anything manga related. Just email us anything at mangamavericks at gmail.com. But the most important thing is that you guys subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And yeah, I think that's about it. So this has been episode 14 of Manga Mavericks. Uh, Be sure to listen to us in the next two weeks for episode 15. Bye, guys. Sayonara. Sayonara.